What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of Sacked, the podcast hosted by Arnav Ganamani, Arya Lakshman, Arav Karm, and Ankar Vanteru. Today, we're going to be discussing some questions, and then later, we're going to get into some fantasy starts and sits, weekly predictions, and the NFL power rankings for this upcoming week. Yeah, we're just going to start off with a few hot topics that are pertaining to the Week 12 NFL season. And the first question would be, should Carson Wentz be benched? And do you guys think this is the end of the Wentz era in Philadelphia? And are of you being an Eagles fan, what's your take here? So, yeah, I do think Wentz should be benched. Uh, and to touch on the latter part of your question, I, uh, the Wentz era in Philadelphia is far from over. So, as you guys probably already know, the Carson Wentz is arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I don't like saying it, but I'd have to agree with that statement because all the stats back it up. Uh, Carson Wentz has a QBR of 48.4, dead last in the NFL. He has 14 fumbles, also one of the worst in the NFL, 14 interceptions, and a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. He, uh, It's not all on him, though, because he has a depleted roster and a depleted O-line especially. All-pro guard Brandon Brooks is out, and he didn't play a single snap this season. Uh, Andre Dillard didn't play the first round. Former first-round pick Andre Dillard also injured for the entire season. And the most recent addition to the list is Pro Bowl tackle Lane Johnson, who's very, who are all are very important to the Eagles O-line. And uh, he's also the most sacked quarterback at 40 sacks showing how important that O-line is for the Philadelphia Eagles, as the, um, pretty much the entire offense is built around that offensive line. So with all of that said, I do think Carson Wentz should be benched, but only for a game or uh, half max. So let's say on Monday night, Carson Wentz plays horrible football against the Seattle Seahawks, which is definitely very possible. I could see him throwing one interception, uh, fumbling one, one or two times, throwing zero touchdowns in the first half. I could definitely see that happening because the Seahawks defense has very much improved in the past few weeks. So if I was Eagles coach, if I was Doug Peterson, the Eagles head coach, I would immediately bench Carson once for Hertz in the second half because enough's enough at that point. Uh, he's been playing horribly for the entire season. And if he can't play well against uh, the Seahawks, then how is he going to play well for the rest of the season? Uh, when the competition only gets harder. So this is similar to how Andy Reid benched Donovan McNabb in 2008. And I think benching Wentz will teach him a lesson and hold Wentz accountable for his mistakes. And hopefully he can learn from them and come back stronger, just like McNabb did. And hopefully he can re-earn that starting spot in a convincing fashion. And another thing, Wentz's contract is huge. It's almost $100 million guaranteed plus. And if he were to get cut or traded, it would be about $60 million in dead cap space. And you don't want to have that. You don't want $60 million in the offseason in dead cap money. That's just bad. And uh, if you want to get better, uh, you should never be in that range. So um, benching Carson Wentz. There's not much risk because what do you have to lose in the the NFC East? If you make the playoffs, you're going to be a first round exit. There's no hope. You're uh if if you uh, lose this game, there's no hope of you even winning a single game for the rest of the season. 
So there's not much risk. And I, I would uh, focus on rebuilding for the future of Philadelphia rather than uh, thinking about right now. I think uh, benching Carson once for one game would teach him a lesson so that um, the future of Philadelphia, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles is in good hands and Carson Wentz can lead them hopefully to another Super Bowl victory. So I think that's my take on it. Okay, so those are actually all good points. They're all very reasonable too. And we do have to take into account who the backup would be because the backup is a rookie after all. So Ankur, do you want to say anything about this? Yeah, sure. Uh, I agree that the Wentz era is not over in Philly. I'm going to have to disagree with Arv that uh, Carson Wentz should be benched because if we look at his backup uh, and or replacement, uh, Jalen Hurts, he's a, he's still a rookie, and uh, uh, he does have only 56 total yards this year in uh, 10 games. So I don't think benching him would do anything uh, better for the Eagles and trying to win against Seattle because we need to keep in mind how, how much improved Seattle's uh, pass rushes uh, with the addition of Carl, um, not Carl's Dunlap, but of, uh, yeah, actually it is Carl Dunlap, who has three sacks and lost three games. And we also have to keep in mind how wide open the NFC East is for the Eagles. I mean, um, before Thanksgiving, each team had three wins, including the Eagles. And the Eagles were actually um, a half game ahead of each team. But since the um, football team won yesterday, um, they were now a half game behind. But it's not much of a difference because, uh, one, the Cowboys, let's be honest, they're not really that good. And the Giants are competition, but the Eagles, you know, they have a cushion and they have a really good chance if Wentz can get better to, you know, take the division. And... uh, yeah, well, that's my take on this. Okay, okay. That's reasonable. Uh, Arya, you? Yeah, so um, I will agree with Arav uh, when he says, like, the stats don't lie with Carson Wentz because um, last year through week five, Carson Wentz uh, PFF grade was 91, 91.4. But this year, it's obviously gone down a whole bunch it's 66.4 so yeah the stats don't lie but the honestly i don't think the blame mostly should be put on Wentz. um and it's funny that we're talking about benching someone because in this case the scenario scenario is that um the people who should be benched or fired in this case are the gm howie roseman and Doug Peterson, the head coach. They have not done anything for Wentz to help him. And if you're going to sign Wentz to like a massive 100 million plus contract for like four year, four more years, I, 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 you, you have to get help around him. I mean, uh, the wide receivers have not helped. He, they have not invested in the wide receivers. Um, even though the O-lines, um, even though the O-lines, like, really injured, we don't really know their potential so far. Um, and the defense, the defense this year has actually been do- doing pretty good. Their D-line is really good. Their secondary is a little suspect. But in overall, what I'm trying to say uh, is that Carson Wentz shouldn't get uh, blamed too much because he doesn't have any help around him, you know? 
Plus, I, 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 I really don't like the notion of starting Jalen Hurts because he really doesn't have any experience at all. I mean, he just comes into the game to run a few read options or QB draws. So, like, ultimately, I think that Carson Wentz should not be benched. And I think if if Howie Roseman turns turns on a good corner, I think this is definitely not the end of the Wentz era in Philadelphia. So, yeah, that's my take. So, I, I, I agree with Ari on a few takes that Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson are key, the key primary people to blame uh, of the Eagles' struggles as of late. And I do agree that if they don't turn a good corner, that they should be fired immediately or at least be uh, stripped of a few privileges. But I want to... So I, I talked about um, Donovan and McNabb earlier, right? 2008 right. Donovan and McNabb. He was benched by Andy Reid in 2008 because of his poor play, similar to how Wentz is playing right now. He was almost as bad as Wentz. Uh, and when he w- earned a starting position, you see I use the word earned, right? He earned it back. Right. He earned it, and he led the Eagles to a NFC championship uh, round berth. So yeah. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is going to do the same, but I think uh, benching him will hold him accountable for his mistakes, just like how uh, Andy Reid benched Donovan McNabb and how Donovan McNabb was held accountable to his mistakes. And also, uh, think about this. Let's say Jalen Hurts actually plays well, right? Let's say he plays well uh, while Carson Wentz is out, while Carson Wentz is benched. Let's say he plays fairly decent for a rookie. You, um, NFL scouts across the league see that he has a lot to grow on, but he has a lot of talent and a lot of potential. Yeah, that's true. Well, um... I mean, in the in the in the in the college football game, uh, when he was a senior, I I do believe he came in for an injured Tua, and helped and and he helped Alabama to a championship. So you you do have a point there. Yeah, and he was actually a second in Heisman voting, which is very surprising to yeah, me. True. So I, um, uh, the main reason Howie Roseman drafted Jalen Hurts, which I still disagree with, second round, I mean, wasting a second round pick on a quarterback, which a uh, quarterback isn't, isn't even your, uh, a hole on your team. It's just a horrible pick. But if J- the Jalen Hurts pans out, the only way that the Jalen Hurts will pan out is if he plays well, uh, he shows that he has potential, then his trade value will skyrocket. I no, it won't skyrocket, but it will definitely go up. And True. Howie Roseman can then take that, take Jalen Hurts, Trade him to a team that um, is in need of a quarterback. Like, um, I'm not saying... The Colts. That, yeah, Maybe the Colts. Maybe the Colts if if yeah. Philip Rivers retires. You yeah, know? let's say, let's say um, the Colts are in need, which they definitely are. I agree with you on that. They can trade yeah, him um, place, for yeah. maybe... I would say maybe a second round. That's the best case scenario. Um, second round and maybe um, a fill-in player, a role player. Um, and that that's the main... That's the reason they drafted. They want... they. Uh, Howie Roseman initially thought that uh, Philadelphia was a, a QB factory, a quarterback factory, and that they could just pump out quarterbacks uh, and get um, huge returns. Um, so right. if if Jalen Hurts pans out in Wentz's ap- absence, if he was is actually to be benched, then yeah, they, he could be traded for um, a good value. And I think uh, it, uh, Wentz's benching will actually be good in the end. So going back to Wentz's benching, yeah, and you the go. relation of Donovan McNabb in 20, uh, 2008, you said 
Um, I don't think they're similar situations because I believe that the Eagles had a better team when McNabb was benched than uh, what they have now. I mean, uh, they're one of the most injured teams in the league. And uh, I think benching Carson Wentz and then bringing him back like a game and a half later won't really do anything for Wentz. I mean, mentally, sure, but like you can only go so far mentally. It also depends on your team because one man can't carry a team to like a, a playoff berth, right? So, yeah, I, I think Benson I like how you bring up the right one now. man can carry a team, but Carson Wentz did that last year. He carried all of the lawn chairs, all everyone on the offense to a playoff berth, <laughs> yeah. which is very amazing. Yeah, well, I, I think that's just for four games, right? That was for four. Games. I mean, it was for four games, but come on, you have to admit that was. That was something else. Yeah, I, I think we also do have to acknowledge... The way he's playing right now, I don't think it's really that easy for him to, like, turn a new leaf, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I, think, I think we also do have to acknowledge that 2008 and 2020 are very different times for the NFL. I mean, like, right now, we like, with qu- quarterbacks like um, Deshaun Watson, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Wilsons, we, 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 we have a really pass happy league right now and 2008 is a very different environment so that's just, that's just something to keep in mind okay I, I see what you're saying yeah yeah i think we have to move on to the next question uh a new development has has come in uh lamar jackson has recently been diagnosed with covid19 which is a huge problem as he was the mvp last last year and he's their star player essentially so how do you guys think that Lamar getting COVID will affect the Ravens' season? <clears throat> I'd like to tackle this one. Uh, I don't think it'll affect the team that much, to be honest. Uh, if, we look at his, if, we, if we look at his stats, uh, he played 10 games, right? He's averaging less than 200 uh, passing yards a game. He's, um total touchdowns is at 18, which is less than two a game. His, uh, his turnovers are uh, a little more than one a game. And I don't, I don't really think, like, he's at his um, MVP level right now. And we do have to keep in mind that how stacked this Ravens team is. Like, I mean, last year, they had, what, 11, 12 Pro Bowlers. And this year, they do have a really good team around them. Uh, I argue that they got better from last year. Um, <clears throat> they also have uh, Robert Griffin III, who is also a mobile quarterback. They also have Trace McSorley. He can he can fill in too. Uh, I don't think it's a huge loss for the Ravens, but I mean it's a pretty notable one because he was a MVP uh, last year. And uh, yeah, that's that's my take on this. Okay, okay, Arya, you want to go? Um, yeah, sure, I'll go. Um, I think I think it will make a difference because I mean, even though Lamar has regressed. A fair bit from his MVP form. I think we need, we still need to remember that this guy right here broke Michael Vick's single season rushing record as a QB. He can make an impact in a flash. You know, he can change the landscape of a game. He's like a, he, he's a game changer. He's an X factor. You know, like. But I, I, I do have to say, I feel like the Ravens aren't using him the right way because, I mean. The game plan with Lamar is run a bunch of QB draws, QB powers, read options, and take the occasional play action or short pass downfield, right? But I feel like it's being a little bit forced right now, you know? And um, over one year, I think the NFL defenses across the league 
I've adapted to his kind of game plan, you know. So I think they need to change it, change it up back in Baltimore. You know, I don't think they're using him right, and if they're gonna continue to do this, uh, I, it's gonna be bad things in Baltimore. I will say that. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I do agree with that, like fully. I think Arav has a lot to say about this topic. So, want to go? Ah, uh, yeah, I do. So. Uh, I don't think Lamar getting COVID will affect the Ravens that much because they pretty much have a prototype of him in RG3. I know RG3 isn't even close to Lamar. I'm not saying he is, but he has a very similar skill set. And right now, um, and I th- he can also handle the pressure of an NFL game. He's proven that he's uh, been a game changer in uh, past years, even though he's not at his peak. I still think he can uh, make a few game-changing plays. So right now, the Ravens are sitting at 6-4, third place in the competitive AFC North. Um, uh, so pretty underwhelming, if I'm being honest. I, they were my favorites uh, to win the Super Bowl. I had them going 13-3 and three in the beginning of, my, of the season, in my predictions. And I had them winning the Super Bowl, so... Yeah, I remember Colin Coward even saying they'd be sixteen and zero the whole. Season. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, Colin, I remember Colin Coward, man. Not even more wrong about that. Yep. Uh, Colin Coward uh, has some I'm interesting takes. Uh, yeah, some interesting ones. Yeah. On oh, Anker, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, you're saying Robert Griffin third? I mean, uh, a Lamar-less team would be, uh, you know, severely, severely impacted. Well, Lamar actually didn't play a game in uh 2019. He played 15 games. He was 13 and two. Uh, the Ravens finished 14 and two on the year, and they actually beat the Steelers, who were on the on the rise. I think they won like the six of their last 10 games or seven of the last 10 games last year, and uh, they beat them convincingly. They beat them 28 to 10, and they didn't really need to use Lamar that much. They actually had Robert Griffin in the game. Uh, it looks like they had over 200 rushing yards too. Um, I don't really think uh, Lamar will make a big difference uh, when the Ravens lose him because they already have, you know, even if they don't have competent quarterbacks, I think the team itself can uh, carry themselves to win games. Yeah, yeah, I agree with yeah, Ankur on that part. I agree with Ankur on the Robert Griffin uh, point because last year the uh, Steelers actually had one of the best defenses last year. Um, and, um, so, um, uh, all back to like the, the original point of like, the question, Lamar, uh, will probably be out a maximum of two weeks. So but, yeah. e- even though I'm, uh, my favorites are the Ravens, uh, let's just say the Steelers, uh, win this game. Okay. So they will be 0 one without Lamar. Okay. But then they have a very easy, in my opinion, very easy, uh, matchup against the Cowboys. They match up very well across right. the field against the Cowboys. Cowboys have a horrible, uh, defense. Um, I think they're ranked 31st in the league as of now. And I think they're going to easily, convincingly win, uh, win that game. So one and one without Lamar. That's a pretty good record. So they'll be seven and five without Lamar. I'm, I think at that point, they're most probably going to be sitting at third place just like they are now. So not a big difference. But I think they can sneak into the playoffs. And um, yeah, so I think Robert Griffin III can fill in well for Lamar for two weeks. It's only two weeks. So it's not yeah. the entire season. And I, I think, yeah. I think, I think, I think that second spot, that second place in the 
AFC North should definitely go to the Ravens because I mean the Browns sitting at seven and three right now. I mean they've had a very easy schedule so far and they've not really lived up to that. They've been playing very ugly in those easy games, so I don't trust them to retain that second place spot. So I think that yeah, that second place spot is gonna go to the Ravens now. And another point I want to bring up is um. If the Ravens last year, they've blown out um, good defenses with and without Lamar. Without Lamar was obviously, as uh, Ankur mentioned before, the Steelers game at the end of the at the end of last season, twenty eight to ten, right? Um, but the other situation was like like kind of like the midway point. I think it was week eight or week nine, maybe week ten. I think didn't they blow out the Rams? With Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, like forty-eight to like ten or something. Yeah, I believe so. From that, so I mean, they've done it. They've blown out healthy defenses with with Lamar and without Lamar. So is it just the like the game planning, the coaching, or Lamar's surroundings, or like I don't know. I I think so, but um, that just yeah, proves that Lamar, um, although he's a very talented and a very great player, even won the MVP. Uh, unanimously, uh, RG three is a great filler, um, a great pickup by the Ravens last off season, and I think he should fill in nicely. Right. Yeah, and uh, going on to Arv's point, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Ravens, I believe, is Greg Roman. Actually, fits his uh, you know system into Robert Griffin III's uh, you know play style that is similar to Lamar's, and I think uh, he he'll do good. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that's all facts. Um. I think we should move on to this upcoming week's fantasy football starts and sits. So whoever wants to go first can go. Uh, you you decide. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll go first. So my start of the week, um, is actually the Dolphins' defense, who is going, who are going against um, the the New York Jets. Obviously, the most depressing team in the league. Honestly, they're probably gonna go on sixteen. Um, yeah, so nothing much to be said here. The last time the Dolphins faced the Jets, uh, they they blew them out. I believe it was 24-0. They held them to zero points. So I think the Dolphins' defense is a solid start for this week. I think they'll definitely do well. And in some leagues, I think you they'll still be available in waiver wires. So I, th- I think you should definitely pick a, pick them up if you have the chance, you know? Um, and my sit of the week is Juju Smith-Schuster of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And obviously, the Steelers are going against the Ravens this week, who have one of the best secondaries in the NFL, you know, Marcus Peters, um, Marlon Humphrey. So Juju's probably going to go against one of those cornerbacks. So I wouldn't trust Juju having a good performance this week at all. So sit him. So those that's my start and sit. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, Arav, you next? Yeah, yeah. All right, so I have a, uh, a few starts. So I think we sh- uh, you should start Tyler Boyd. Um, although Joe Burrow is out for the season, uh, Ryan Finley, although he's not, I think he has three starts in his entire career, although he's not a very uh, good quarterback, I-, I still think Tyler Boyd will rack up targets. And um, with Joe Mixon being out on IR, I think that's going to um, increase the passing. And um, it's, I think it's going to be at least a three-to-one pass-to-run uh, ratio. And my second start of the week is Jalen Rager. 
He's facing the worst pass defense in Philadelphia. And although Carson Wentz, his play has been a little iffy this season. I mean, I, if he's kind of, kind of an understatement, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he's uh, played a hundred percent of his snaps last week, which is very, very good. You you like to see that in your receiver, and he had two red zone targets last week as well. So he's a good red zone threat. He's also the Eagles' number one deep threat, so that's also very good. So I think Jalen Rager going up against that terrible secondary uh, is a must start um, at flex. Uh, so if he's probably in at least fifty percent of leagues on the waiver wire, probably seventy percent of leagues, if I'm being honest, he's probably on the waiver wire right now. So if I were you, I'd go pick him up and start him at flex. Okay. Yeah, if not if not flex, probably if you're really <clears throat> desperate, you could use him as a low end wide receiver too. And uh, Anker, how about you? <clears throat> All right. So here are my uh, fantasy starts and sits for Week Twelve. Uh, I think I would say Aaron Rodgers because he is against Chicago, and uh, Chicago uh, arguably has one of the best defenses in the league. Um, they, I mean, they're just really good all across the board. They're good at the pass. They're good at the run. And they're just not a team to be, uh, you know, betting Aaron Rodgers on. I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't really do good, uh, against, uh, Indianapolis. He actually had, uh, what, 17 fantasy points, which is not really that good. He was proje- projected 18 for that game. And Chicago is pretty similar to Indianapolis defensively. So I don't really trust Aaron Rodgers. But I would say start the Packers' defense because they're up against, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky, who hasn't played since, what, week three? And he hasn't really been all too good throughout his games, even this year, and especially last year. So uh, he doesn't really have any momentum, uh, any flow going into this week against the Packers' defense. Uh, The Packers did give up 34 points last week, but, I mean, I still would trust them against uh, the Bears, who have really not been doing good uh, offensively. And, uh, yeah, those are my uh, fantasy starts and sits. Right, I just want to get one quick start in here. I'm just getting incoming news that Adam Thielen is going to be out due to COVID for this incoming matchup against the Panthers for the Vikings. So I would definitely start Justin Jefferson with confidence. Okay, and we have to move on to weekly predictions. So we're going to predict some key important games for this upcoming week. So Arya, you want to start with that? Uh, yes, sure. Um, so my key significant matchup of the week is Titans and Colts about for the AFC South. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, last time these two teams faced off, I do believe that the Colts won by a healthy margin, but I think this time it's going to be different. This time I have the Titans winning because basically of one fact, one factor, and that big factor is Derrick Henry. Usually we know that Derrick Henry usually p- really picks up steam at the end of the season. And even though the indie defense is really good, I think Derrick Henry, I mean, he, he gets called king for a reason, you know? So... That's uh that's one big factor in that game. And that's gonna have massive playoff implications because of seeding, you know, um where they're gonna line up. Right, right, okay. Uh Arab, you wanna go? Alright, so my key matchup of the week is 
Hawks at Philadelphia. Seahawks at Philadelphia. So to the eye, this might seem like, oh, I can already see the all the NFL fans in the comments section. Oh, the Eagles stink, bro. The NFC is the worst. The NFC East is the worst division in uh, history, which it is. I mean, it is. But never count the Eagles out. Also, this is a primetime game. Have a lot of eyes on it. And both, this is a very crucial game for both teams. Eagles, if they take this win, they will uh, be atop the NFC East once again. Although it doesn't really mean anything. Um, playoffs are the playoffs. I mean, anything happened. And the Seahawks, um, they also, with the win, can uh, pretty much, um, they won't re- solidify themselves to the number one in the NFC West, but they'll have a good shot at regaining the number one position. Um uh, in for the rest of the season. Uh, also, uh, this has a lot of um. Uh, there's a lot of eyes on Carson Wentz because he's been playing very poorly. So I'm I'm eager to see how he performs uh, in this upcoming matchup, and I want to see if he per, uh, performs well or it's just the same old Carson Wentz that we that we've been seeing for uh, the past few weeks. So I'm eager to see this matchup. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's gonna say a lot too because thing, I know you're. I know you're an Eagles fan, but like, I don't know if you brought this up already. But isn't isn't Russ like undefeated against the Eagles? Yeah, he so, is. He's. I think. I believe he's six and zero. If I'm not wrong, he is. Which is not very promising for Eagles fans. Uh, but I mean, upsets can happen. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I could see either team winning. Although I highly doubt the Eagles will win. I could see them winning. Like. Now he maybe yeah. six and one. He maybe six and one now. Six and one, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and um, like you said, Arav, it's this game is gonna say a lot about Carson Wentz's status for this season because he is going against the worst defense in the league at Seahawks defense. It's horrible. They did play good against the Cardinals. I mean, they have been improving, True. so you can't say all that. But I mean, they did have twenty five sacks since Carlos Dunn yeah, came true. in the league. Mm-hmm. Which is tied for first, by the way, uh, in that time uh, uh, span. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah. That's why this game could go either way. Right. Ankur, what's uh, your matchup? Ankur, are there any games that catch your eye? Yeah. Uh, one thing that did catch my eye is uh, the Chiefs uh, on the road against Tampa Bay. Uh, this is pretty key because uh, both of them are uh, playoff contenders, and um, especially for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they they had like they had a lot of raised eyebrows after the uh, Rams loss. I mean the Rams are a good team, but I mean the Bucks are a good team too, and they're supposed to beat teams like the Rams. And uh, n- uh, now people are really questioning uh, the Rams. I mean the Bucks credibility and a win against uh, I mean the nine and one Kansas City Chiefs would really you know uh, make a make a statement saying uh, the Bucks are not done yet. And th- that would also say something about Kansas City, you know, because they've uh, been on a pretty big win streak, too. And, uh, yeah. There's, yeah, there's also MVP uh, um, implications, too, with uh, Patrick Mahomes against the Bucks defense and how Tom Brady will perform against this very improved Chiefs defense as well. Right. And we do have to remember that this year, at least at least this year, the Bucks have not been the most um, consistent team. They've had amazing games. They've had terrible games and they've had lots of so-so games. So, yeah. Yep. I think is this, this is a primetime a... game, or? Oh. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Okay, that's that's interesting. No, no, then. I think I think it's a one p.m. Oh, okay, okay. Either way, that's gonna be a key matchup this week. I think it's 
It's going to be very interesting to watch. Yep. Yeah, all of these games are going to be pretty fascinating. Yeah. Right. Um, I do think this is a great place to end our episode. So thank you all for listening, and I hope to see you guys all in the next episode. Thank you.